Hello, you found Rebirth, a podcast about women saving lives by living their own. My name is Kate Breton, and I've been fascinated with people's stories since I was very little. Today, we have Martina Faulkner. She is, well, she's a lot of different things. She is an author, publisher, entrepreneur, as well as a life coach, a therapist, and a psychic healer. She likes to say that she writes, creates, and helps people. It's true. I totally enjoyed talking with Martina. I We didn't mention it um, particularly, but I feel like we've known each other for 15, 16 years. And it's unique when friendships and relationships can engage in different ways. Martina and I have been in class together. We've been in um, working relationships. We've been in um, friendship. We have grown into a writer um, publisher contract. This is the episode where I let you know that I'm writing a book and Martina and her um, Inspire Bites Omni Media Company will be publishing it. So it's pretty exciting. But listen, listen to all that Martina has to share. She is going to be telling us about how she bookends and problem solves. We talk about how to make decisions that kind of honor where your energy is so that you have enough time, space, and energy to do all the things that you're here to do. Listening to Martina thread um, the experiences of her life and her courage to, to take on and create a legacy is really inspiring, whether you're an author, um, mother, friend, someone looking to be reminded that what you're here to do matters. This is your podcast enjoy it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy Rebirth, help support our stories by liking and subscribing. Whatever, Wherever you are listening to us, share with a friend or hop onto our Anchor homepage, easily found at capebreton.com, and become a Rebirth supporter. For season four, we will be looking for sponsors. So if you have a product that you feel passionate about or you know that you get value from Rebirth and you have a feeling that what you have to offer can serve our community, we're going to start taking applications for sponsors for season four. Send me a direct email at kate at katebreton.com. If you hear this right now and you're like, yes, I'm doing it today. Love to talk to you about it. Thank you so much for listening and being part of our family. We enjoy you. Take a good Hello, Martina. How are you today? Kate, I am I, well. <laughs> I believe it. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. It is the perfect moment for just, I, if you're listening, just oh, exhale because you're just going to be on a delicious journey with Martina Faulkner. I'm so excited to have you here. No, oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is fantastic. I, in prep, we've known each other for a while and I'm going to let that organically come up, you know. Because people try to pinpoint a moment and it's tricky, right? It is tricky. It's very tricky. And I think there's also something to be said for like, you know, people come into your life, you know, there's that whole reason season lifetime thing. <laughs> but I also think like there are people who sort of spiral in and out, you know, like, like they're there and then they leave for a bit and then they spiral back and they're there and then they leave for a bit. And, and I think that that's also like so graciously part of the journey. And I feel like we have spiraled in and out of each other's lives and it's just such a blessing when it happens. I completely agree with that. And it's a fluid relationship. A lot of times mm -hmm. we just spiral in and out. It's the same roles that are being played. And that's not been the case with us, which is super no. cool. I know. It's super cool. <laughs> I think we had a hand in it, though. I will say that. You know, I'm, I'm getting braver and braver with the transparency in this, in the Rebirth podcast, not meaning that there was any... Um, hiding as much as I was like kind of like oh well, people don't want to hear about that you know and right. that normally was in the realm of spirituality mm, yeah you yeah. know one of them is a tricky subject isn't it yeah you know to make sure everybody feels safe and comfortable and I noticed that 2020 has just been more like you know actually we're just going to keep steering the boat that way yeah so I wanted to acknowledge that you have tremendous skill sets that people might see as um like business skill sets, partnered mm -hmm. with, I'm going to say developed, because I feel like whether things are innate or not, there's always the commitment to, of craft and becoming who we already are. And I would say in that realm, you hold a really beautiful space as an intuitive and a healer, 
right? Yeah. And I think that it was one of, I, I loved your use of the word developed because I think it was one of those things where it was offered to me. And when it was first offered to me, you know, gosh, almost two decades, over two decades, no, almost two decades ago. Anyway, around two decades ago, uh, <laughs> when it was first offered to me, I ran as fast as I could away from it. I wanted no part of it. I was happy in my corporate life. You know, I thought I was happy in my corporate life. And, mm -hmm. um, and the universe lovingly let me run away. And then they just tapped me on the shoulder with something new and tapped me on the shoulder with something new and tapped me on the shoulder with something new until eventually um, I had no choice but to kind of turn around and be like, okay, what do you want? And once I did that, <laughs> then everything started to flow. And it was like, Oh, by the way, do you know you have this gift? Oh, by the way, do you know you have this skill? Oh, by the way, do you know this teacher? Here's another teacher. And all the right people showed up at the right time for me to continue to develop my craft, my gifts, my skills in this incredibly organic way. But you're right, you have to show up for it. You can walk away from it. Um, oh, yeah. And but yeah. you have to show up for it. And you have to give it attention. I had to give it attention to really allow it to come out. And every time something new came out, I'd be like, Oh, wow, look what I can do. That's so kind of cool. Freaky, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and you the people are reading their show notes. They're like, wait, this is a publisher. Wait, what? Yeah. And it's like, that's why I want, you know, it's like we, we get, I think part of 2020 is all of our skill sets are, the rules are breaking and blending and dismantling. Yeah. Right necessarily so yeah well the rules are part of an old paradigm and that old paradigm doesn't right. work anymore and so as we can see around us there are a lot of things happening that are inviting us if not in some cases pushing us to just expand our vision a little bit into the peripheral vision that we've somewhat ignored and allow that to be part of the whole picture that is beautifully said thank you <laughs> so I think what I want to do in this moment uh, to let that digest of what that might mean, I'd like to, normally I go backwards, but can we talk about what you're, what you are, mm, well, it's not birthing because it's in form. So stewarding or caretaking or bringing to the world, what is your big commitment right now? Yeah. So I actually, I, I love, um, I heard, uh, I heard this the other day and I thought it was so appropriate. I sort of feel like I'm a midwife to mm -hmm. the creation of new work in the world. And what that means is that I'm not the one birthing it. Um, I created the situation or the platform, if you will, in which other people can give birth. And which is called, which is called Inspire Bites Omnimedia. Um, Inspire Bites is the, and has been the name of my blog for over a decade. And Inspired Bites originally, the, the word came to me, it's Bites with a Y, because it was electronic moments of inspiration. And so it was a weekly mm -hmm. blog for years and years and years. Um, I took a little break from it. And when I, when I decided to create the publishing company, and really it's a multimedia and publishing company, but publishing is the mm -hmm. hub. When I decided to create that, the, the idea first came six years ago, when I was on my own journey with my first book, and I, you know, got a contract from a publisher, and I was just flummoxed actually that anybody would sign a contract like that because it was so not author friendly. And um, so I did my due diligence and I checked in with some people I know in publishing in New York and they're like, yeah, really wouldn't sign that. So <laughs> I, um, so I really started researching what is going on with the publishing world. What has been going on with the publishing world? What is the publishing world? And every time I dug something up, this voice inside me said, there has to be a better way. There has to be another way. And I kept looking for the other way. And then it planted the seed six years ago of maybe I should create the other way. And then life happened and things happened and I self-published my first book. But all the while, this seed was germinating and it was growing roots. And then two years ago, the roots took hold and the other way came forth. And so now I get to be the person who invites people into that other way to share their voice and their work with the world. And I cannot tell you what a gift that has been in my life. It's absolutely <laughs> extraordinary. It's like the best thing ever. We can hear it in your voice yeah, and the people I was on a conference call with you, with, with your authors. And I was like, these are beautiful people. They're beautiful. I mean, just yeah. 
beautiful people. And, and that doesn't mean everyone is the same. I was trying to explain this to everybody to not not to everybody. Actually, I keep that to myself kind of, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's what's changing is, um, that what I, what struck me in the beauty with were that everyone on that call was a human that was committed to creating something that was their best. Yeah. And how dramatic it wasn't like I'm angling, I'm not leveraging. And those are all things you can be leveraged when you create something. I'm not saying everything has to just be, you know, of service, but the tonality of every person was a commitment to their personal best. Yeah. And that's why the tonality of that call was so gorgeous because it was truly reciprocal. Yeah. It's, it's something where, I mean, I think this is one of my gifts is I see potential and, and I, I genuinely feel that I know how to invite somebody into their potential. And, Mm. you know, that's, you know, part of my work as, as a life coach, therapist, healer, intuitive, but it's also part of my work as a publisher. Um, Most of the people in the company are there because I saw the potential and I made a phone call. And I said, I think you have something here. Would you allow me to help you bring it forth? So let me ask you a few questions. Yeah. Let's let's go back to like you had a seed and then you said six years in life. And was there moments in there that you could tell us about like, did you feel like maybe that really wasn't a seed or maybe it's not going to, can you talk about where doubt showed up and what role that played in your journey? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, doubt shows up for everyone. I think if you, if you say you exactly. have no doubt, you're, exactly. then, then, then you have denial. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Doubt. But I hearing how other people's journey, I think helps. And sometimes that denial is like protection, absolutely. right? So when you're ready to come out, it helps to hear somebody else like, Oh, they're, Oh, okay. This is, this is actually part of the process. Absolutely. Not yeah. I'm missing the process. So yeah. to me, doubt. So the phrase that that I have, like there, there are a few things I've written in my time as a writer that really stand out to me. But one of them was when I was talking with a client probably 10 years ago. And I said, if there's doubt, wait, how did I say it? <laughs> now I can't remember. If there's doubt in your mind, take pause in your actions. And I think doubt mm. is the invitation into the pause. So there's a book that I've been wanting to write for probably two decades called uh, Getting Into the Pause. And because I was a theater major, mm. I know that you need a pause in order to have a shift in the action, in order to have a shift in the intention, in order to have a shift in the plot line. And so the pause is like one of the most critical moments in our progression, right? The pause allows you to, to reevaluate, to double down, to take a breath so that you have energy. And so the doubt to me is an invitation to pause. It's an invitation to say, a, do I really want this? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. B, do I want it differently? C, what am I missing that I've just been plowing through and haven't looked around me? Again, expanding that peripheral vision. And, and, and the doubt, when you align with it instead of fear it, it can become an incredibly powerful tool in your life. I absolutely experienced doubt. There was, there was, there's no way I was going to create a company and not experience doubt. I still experience doubt. Thank like, you. Right. Absolutely. And- and when you just said the plow through, I feel like that's one of the programs and I'll, I take full ownership of this. I'm a very young person and sometimes that's great. And sometimes that doesn't serve me at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that plowing through is not always the answer for me has been a learned skill and is one of those things that like, okay, maybe I'm good at organizing my kitchen, but I'm not or good at organizing my paperwork. Like it doesn't mean that if I've nailed it in one place in my life or have you know, created that skill in one place that necessarily immediately transfers to another. And I think that can be really perplexing or it's good in some relationships, but it's not yet developed in others. And that's just part of growing. It's a hundred percent part of growing. And I think the thing that's really important there is, is to not beat ourselves up. You know, you, I chuckle when you said I can organize a kitchen, but not my paperwork. Oh my God, honey. Like (laughs) my desk is not one to be proud of. But right. um, I've learned how to work with it and push through it. And then what happens is, and this actually just happened last weekend, what happens is I, I hit this critical mass point where I just stop everything and reorganize. And then I let it just right. like go to pot again. And sometimes it takes three weeks, sometimes it takes three months. And then I stop everything and I reorganize. And I, I think that's part of the progress as well. It's again, it's these invitations into a pause. It's these invitations into 
a rethinking, a reframing, an evaluating. And, and doubt is one of those invitations. Now, you're not always going to come out of doubt and be like, woohoo, click your heels and you're off right. to Oz. There are times where doubt, for me at least, where doubt would linger and I'd wake up in the morning and go, my God, all these beautiful authors and talent are trusting me and they really shouldn't. <laughs> like, I have absolute <laughs> doubt that I can do right by them because I hold their beauty in my hands, right? Like I've asked them to bring forth their beauty and their potential and they're trusting me to, to steward it. They're trusting me to be the midwife that helps it come out. And there've been days, you know, where I've been like, oh, I'm not sure that I genuinely know what I'm doing. And what happens is those are the days where I have learned over time, because it's definitely a muscle you have to flex, call a friend, call mm -hmm. a trusted, vetted person and say, I am swimming upstream and my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Cause that person is going to say, that's okay. Because that's okay. It doesn't have to have an explanation. It can just be okay that that's, that's how it right. Is. That's you know, right. and that's usually enough for me to go, oh, okay. And then a day later, I'm back at it. You know, it's it, beautiful people. And, and, mm -hmm. and again, it has to be someone that's vetted, has to be someone you trust. That was a great yeah. word. I thought vetted was a fantastic word to say yeah. a lot. Because mm -hmm. I've certainly called people who I haven't vetted. Yeah. And they've been like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you chose to do this. And I'll be like, that's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just, for the person that's listening, you basically just started a, a publishing and, and media company, but you, how do you start a publishing and a media company? I don't need you to get us into like, you know, step by step, but there are things like making phone calls, you know, we kind of breeze past that, but you're, you're dialing phone calls to make a dream come true, right? I think sometimes in, in people, when people talk about spirituality, one of the reasons it gets dismissed is it's like people either like to hang out in the ethers or they're super grounded, but it's the marriage of yeah, the it's two. The marriage. It's the you marriage know? that matters. So I, I 100% believe in my heart, my soul, my body, my aura, name it, that we are not a soul having a human experience and we're not a human with a soul. We are both and. And when you lean in, to borrow a phrase from another um, woman, when you lean in mm -hmm. to that both and proposition of being both human and soul, you allow for greater potential. I'm, I'm saying you, but really this has been my experience. When I lean in and remember that, things happen. Things happen sometimes that I don't even have to make happen. And... Uh, you have to show up for it, of course, but it's. So what did that mean? Like, what's one way that you had to show up for it in, in birthing this, you know, in watering the seed and letting it come so to bear I fruit? So I do something called bookending. And bookending to me is like, if you have a problem, you put it in the middle and you approach it from two sides. Those two sides are both the human side and the divine side. And what happens is, is you cut the time it takes to get to the problem solution in half because you're coming at it from two sides, 50-50. Um, so when I lean into being both human and divine, it means I have learned how to compartmentalize being a hundred percent human, putting my corporate hat back on running numbers, looking at spreadsheets, making decisions. I actually have a note on my computer. You're going to laugh. There's a note on my computer that simply says, you're the boss, make decisions and move on. Thank you. <laughs> that simple. Yeah. Thank you. So let's pause here, corporate background. So somebody can hear what it, just give us a little reader's digest that like you said, you had a corporate background. What, 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 what vertical were oh you in? Gosh. You know, you yeah, didn't just Lots go. of different things. Mm -hmm. So um, right before I became an entrepreneur and a writer, I was a buyer at Neiman Marcus. Um, before that, I was in mm -hmm. sales and apartment leasing. I was a stylist. Before that, I worked um, as a fundraiser for a major medical school. Um, before that I worked in business consulting before I worked that I worked in program development. And when I first got out of college, I was a paraprofessional in a legal firm. So I've had my toe in a lot of different places. Oh, wow. <laughs> and like each a chapter in the book that would be necessary to Absolutely. water the seed to Absolutely. mix metaphors, yeah. literally Which mixing totally metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Each, each of them <laughs> in a certain way and the through line in all of them 
that I can say in hindsight, right? I, I don't think I could have said it through mm-hmm. some of them. The through line sure, in all of yeah. them is they all required a certain level of relationship building skills, which is exactly what I put into use today, especially when I go into the divine side, especially when I go into the spiritual side and use those gifts. Okay, so let's 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 pause this for one second because that's what I want to hear you say. Because I think sometimes when we're developing one muscle over another, which you know right. is just what we're doing, you might like, people might leave. I think a, a lot of people or clients that I know might leave like a traditional and take a turn, but you don't forget the Excel spreadsheet and how to make a sales call. Like that it, comes with you. Yeah, is what it, I'm hearing you say. If you actually want to build something in form, it, it comes to. with you. It, it has to come with you because mm-hmm. it's part of you. There's there's no mistakes in your journey. So if you learned something working in an accounting firm and then you go and have a breakthrough and you become a yoga teacher and you want to open a yoga studio, what you learned in the accounting firm should be brought with you because it was part of your journey for a reason. Whether it was learning how to run mm-hmm. spreadsheets or learning how to say no to, you know, an unnecessary request from a boss or learning how to micromanage or learning how to manage other people or, 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 you know, we all learn different things for a reason, mm-hmm. but all of them are cumulative for a reason, you know? And so for me, it's about, and I can see it now because I'm now putting all of it into play, including my degree in drama, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm, I'm putting it all into play and I'm sitting here going, I am so grateful for this crazy, snaky, meandering path that I had that a lot of traditional people scoffed at, you know, and I'm right. like, look at, look at what I can do and look at who I can talk to and look at what I can, can manifest and create and help others create because I had all these random corporate type experiences. That's beautifully said. And, and, um, I would also say as someone listening to your story, there has to be a cultivation of listening to yourself, which I know sounds really obvious, but can yeah, be really you know, difficult? I'm not 100% sure it's obvious. I think, <laughs> I think it's obvious <laughs> when you've been knocked to your butt enough times that you look around and go, mm-hmm. well, I, I'm here down here by myself. I best start listening to me. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's obvious. I don't think it's inherently obvious that we should listen to ourselves. And there's a couple of reasons for that, in my opinion. One, we're women. Mm-hmm. We will listen to others for as long as the day is long. We're, we're hardwired to do that. We're hardwired to show up. We're hardwired to have compassion and consideration and listen. We are also not hardwired, but let's call it society wired to discount and discredit ourselves and our own voices. And have been for decades Mm -hmm. upon decades upon decades. And when I tell my clients this and I say, let's just pause and let's look at the, the programming you have received, passively received, you know, for decades, um, don't beat yourself up. There's a reason why you think the way you think. We just have to help you remember who you are so you can think differently. Right. And the shame, if you let shame stay too long, it'll block all the progress. Absolutely. Shame is, shame is Mm -hmm. one of those things that when you start to understand how it plays a role in your life, um, you can start to make different choices around how you show up for yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think shame ever a hundred percent goes away. I mean, I'm, I actually trained and certified in the whole shame, um, resilience, um, Brene work, but, um, I, I don't think shame ever goes away, but I do think resilience can build so strongly that shame then becomes a moment as opposed to a perpetual movement through your life, you know? And, and I mean, I think everybody experiences shame. I don't think you can be human and not experience shame. Um, but I think that you can move through it quicker. No, I actually think it can. Yeah. I think it can be insidious because it, it can come in and you think the good thing to do would be to acknowledge it, you know? Yeah. And it holds you down, but keep going. So, Listening to your voice is not actually that obvious and it's cultural, yeah. it's conditioning, yeah. it's biological, I, I guess we're so. sort of saying in some ways. But I think here's the other thing. I think there's also um, this notion of intuition, right? Everybody has it. There's, there's, a, there's a soul on the planet mm-hmm. that doesn't have it. Your, um, it's like a volume dial. 
you're either at a volume 10 or you're at a volume zero. And most people are somewhere in between. And working with your intuition and fine tuning it is about learning how to use and move that dial. Right. So I can be at a volume 10 every single day of my life if I choose to be. Frankly, that's exhausting. That's that's not a fun way to live. And it's also not a human way to live. Right. So I choose to be at a five. But then when I'm with clients and client sessions, I might turn my intuition up to an eight or a nine. You know, I still want some humanness Mm -hmm. in there. So I'm never going to be fully a 10. But and then there are times when I want to be just really, really, really human. You know, my my dad just died. And for the first few days after his death, Mm -hmm. I did not want to be spiritual. (laughs) So I dialed that down to like a one or a two because I just needed to feel the pain and the grief of loss as it was running through my body, you know? And so intuition is one of these Mm -hmm. things that has to do with listening, listening to yourself, listening to the universe that I think we all have, but let's go back to your word develop. You have to develop the skill to move that volume control knob. So is that the, would you say that that sort of dials back to the other end of the book of book? Yeah, I do. Actually, I think it does. So, So for me, when I see somebody who has potential, you know, that's a human thing. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a human thing and a soul thing. I see that potential and I have to Mm -hmm. feel into, am I, am I really recognizing this potential on a human level? Meaning like, is it just me being starry eyed or is there really something here that's marketable and saleable? Right. Mm -hmm. And then I, yeah. And then Mm -hmm. I go back to the starry eyed side and I go, how do I feel when I'm around this person's work? What does my intuition tell me Mm. about this person's work? And because here's the other truth. I can invite somebody to show up all day long and I can make a platform and I can midwife their work into the world. If they don't feel good about their own work, it doesn't matter. Right. Yep. Applies to everybody. It doesn't matter. It's, it's the, you know, horse to water thing again. You know, you can't make somebody drink even if they're dying of thirst and that's part of respecting their journey. And that's very much the spiritual side. That's true. You know, that's you very know, well said. Mm-hmm. So if so, if no, someone's no, listening, no, no, oh, I didn't mean, go ahead. You, I didn't want to cut you off. Okay. So if someone's listening in this point and they are a writer, which I don't think this was particular, I think this yep, was writers, um, and. writers and right. Yep. Like I think this was universal, but in this, in the, just in this particular moment, if you have a writer listening, that is the, um, I think there's a category of writers that are like that one day dream. Like the book might be in a notebook. It might be in their heart. And they're like, if I let myself dream wildly, there's like going to be something that might have my name on it. Like that kind of writer, right? Like the one that's maybe someday if I'm allowed to dream that big, what would you say to that writer? Not necessarily. Yeah. What would you say to that writer that's holding that? I think that, so I, I actually to me, that's like more than one writer because there's a lot of different categories that you have in there. But, um, Oh, good. But, um, good. Go ahead. So the writer, yeah. that's the one day starry eyed. Maybe, maybe if I'm good enough, maybe if someone sees me, maybe, 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 um, or, um, mm-hmm. or, or hope that hopeful writer, I think. Um, I think that that mm-hmm. person, I would invite them to, to get out of the maybe, <laughs> Because the maybe is stopping them from understanding that that their self-deprecation isn't serving them. So, in other words, if you don't think you're good enough, then it's going to be really hard to convince other people that you are. So, Beautiful. let's start with self-deprecation. If you don't think you're good enough to have your words read by other people, and good enough is not, good is such a value-based subjective word. Good enough simply means you have to believe that the space that you take up on this planet is valid. However that manifests, whether that means that you're a good enough yoga teacher, Mm -hmm. you're a good enough teacher teacher, you're a good enough doctor, a good enough nurse, a good enough lawyer, good enough writer, good enough artist, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yeah. If you think Mm -hmm. you are valid in taking up space on this planet in that role, then you're good enough. So if you think maybe Mm -hmm. someone might see me, that's, that's kind of undermining you're good enough. Right. I would make the invitation, 
like in, in my first book from five years ago, I'd make the invitation instead to say, what if someone did see me? Because I was like, I don't want to cut her off. He's like, would you change them maybe to a what if? I really feel that I would like to endorse this phrase I feel right now, the what if phrase. And your book is a great alchemizer for the the anxiousness of 2020. I was talking to another friend that some of us that was on the podcast about how anxiety is kind of like in the air, even if that is not an emotion you normally had predominant in your sphere. Of course, the whole realm of spectrum of human is available to all of us, but some of us kind of lean into different colors of it, you know, in our feeling tones. And I feel like what if that book could create such a space for breath? Well, so the book was born by, this was just, it was happenstance. The book was born because I had at that point been working with clients for I think seven years or five years or somewhere in there. And, um, and I kept hearing clients go, what if I get sick? What if I lose my job? What if he doesn't like me? What if she, this, what if the, and everything was externalized to their being. And I happened to be talking to one of my mentors, Jose Stevens. And, um, And I was, again, I'm human. So I was in doubt. And I was like, I just don't know that I can do this. It's such Mm -hmm. a big ask. And, you know, again, still semi running away from my spiritual gifts and not really wanting to talk to people who had crossed over because that freaked me out. Um, I'm now super comfortable with it. But initially it freaked me out, you know, (laughs) like and Mm -hmm. Jose just said to me, Martina, I want to invite you to say, what if? And then he put something wonderful after it. And I just stopped and I cussed at him a little. And I said, you just use my tool against me. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, yeah. As like, oh! it's not my tool, obviously. <laughs> but it was what I had been using with my clients for years because they would say what if to me. And my response would not be, let me negate what you experienced. Mm. My response would be, let me invite you to experience something different. So I would say, what if the reverse mm-hmm. is true? What's possible? Mm-hmm. And it just took them out of that energy of nothing's possible into the energy of, mm-hmm. I have permission to daydream. There like, you go. That's it's, it. It's as simple as that. It really that, is. It, it really, really is. is. It's not always easy to get simple. there, but it and is so, that and, simple. And how you get there, now we're coming mm-hmm. 360, how you get there, or I guess we're coming 180, but um, I don't even know where we're coming, but anyway. <laughs> how we get there. I love it. Go ahead. You, you're on track, girl. Mm-hmm. You have to pause to pivot. You mm-hmm. have to pause to pivot, you know? And so it's true. here we have this, this shift from what if my life is a disaster to what if I have a say in my life? <gasps> now what can we do? Right. And so mm-hmm. I say this to Jose and he right. goes, well, just write the damn book already. So, so I did. <laughs> Well, there is a book that was birthed after what if, and it's so interesting because the birth, the book that is, you know, coming into form I'm hearing is, yeah. you know, get into the pause, but you wrote a, you co-authored, if that might be the respectful way to say this. Um, oh yeah, no. So I authored it book. and Kelly Ulrich illustrated it. And, um, so I don't know the right way to say that. Like, yeah, I guess we'll just separate the verbs. Yeah, I just wanted to give her credit because the illustrations gorgeous. are stunning. Sarah, she's a gift. My goodness, that woman. Well, but you both are. I mean, I feel like in those kind of stories, like if you're a writer, but you're partnering with the images, the imagery and the words have to have the absolute beauty do. that your book has. It's no different than they... a songwriter, right? Mm-hmm. Lyrics and music. They have to they have to work together. Right. And, exactly. Um, so Kelly, Kelly's one of these people. I found Kelly on Instagram, um, August of 2019. And I was looking for an illustrator for one of my authors in the company. I was looking for an illustrator for one of my authors. I had not yet. And I have children's books that I have written, but they've been on a shelf for 10 years. So I just, you know, they'll come out when they come out. But so I was looking for an illustrator and I happened to find Kelly on Instagram and I started scrolling through her feed and I found these illustrations way back in her feed. I found these illustrations and I was like, I wonder if this would work. So I sent it to my author and I said, Hey, what do you think of her? And she's like, Oh, this is lovely. This has the feeling we want. And, um, so I reached out to her on Instagram, totally strange, total stranger, right? Reached out to her, said, I'd love to talk to you. I've started this publishing company. And at the time 
I had myself as an author and this other author as an author. And that was it. We had two, two authors in the company. And, um, you know, <laughs> talk about taking a leap of faith. And, uh, and so she and I ended up having a conversation. And then she did a preliminary illustration. And the author loved it. And so, you know, I, of course, signed Kelly immediately. Then I come to find out that Kelly also has written children's books. And so I, you know, I, I got her samples of those and, you know, I signed her for those and those will come out over the next, you know, five to 10 years, you know, cause there's, there's many of them. Um, so anyway, Kelly and I have this wonderful working, mm-hmm. working relationship as publisher and illustrator. And then COVID happened mm-hmm. and we all went into lockdown oh. and it was early April. So maybe three weeks into lockdown for the U S and she's in Canada it was early April and we were on a call that was unrelated and, and we were just got to talking cause we're kind of kindred spirits. And we both sort of had the same thought at the same time, which is we have to do something for the kids because kids are scared and their anxiety is high. And every single messaging was wash your hands, wear a mask. Here's how you wear a mask. What is a virus? You know, and all necessary, all a hundred percent necessary. Mm-hmm. They're amazing children's books that came out really quickly to give kids that knowledge. But Kelly and I knew we had to do something for the kids. And um, so I said to her, give me a week. Let me think about this. And when you ask, when I ask, the universe provides, sometimes faster than others. And the next day on my Facebook, there was a news story that turned out to be false, but was beautiful about dolphins returning to the canals in Venice. And I yeah. Oh, I, I remember hearing about that, which, yeah, I, and I which was not true, but I remember went, hearing it. Yes. Huh. And so I went digging and there were other stories from mm-hmm. around the world. And so I called Kelly or I emailed her and I said, hey, I think I found the story. I think I found the the thing I want kids to remember and from COVID. And she said, great. Mm-hmm. And I told her about it. She's like, I love it. So I said, give me, give me again, give me a week. So I took a week and I started researching and finding all these news articles. You know, in the meantime, the dolphin story comes out not to be true, but we did include it in the book because it was the, the impetus behind it's magic, right? It's um, magic. Uh, but we made it clear yeah. in the back of the book that, you know, it was not true, you know, so that kids, whatever we're, we're being, we're being transparent. <laughs> and, uh, and so I found all these stories and then I just started making a list of the animals and the different countries. Cause I wanted it to be global. And, um, and then I sat down and, and this is where it comes back to again, human and divine. I did all the legwork as a human. So when I sat down, the inspiration, the divine inspiration came through and I wrote the book in an hour. And and it's rhyming and there's cadence. And, you know, I massaged it a lot afterwards because, you know, I have very specific ideas on how a children's book needs to work. But it, it has that sing song quality because children's books are read aloud. The rhythm. They're never... Mm-hmm. And, it, and the rhythm mm-hmm. comforts yeah. and them. So, it's so true. I wrote it and then mm-hmm. I sent it to Kelly and she was like, oh, I'm already seeing the paintings, you know? So it was just this, it was just this thing of, and, and this mm. is the premise behind the company, collaboration matters and collaboration is part of the new paradigm. It's not a me versus you or us versus them or all the money for me, none for you. It's about how, what can we do together to make things mm-hmm. better? And, and also, you know, provide income for ourselves along the way it's not about starving i don't believe in the whole starving artist thing i think it's just a a, i think it's something that we bought into because you know the paradigm wanted us to (laughs) right yeah it's it's i agree with that so i agree with um, that Mm -hmm. so i want all my artists and my authors to make money and i want the company to make money because the more money we make the more people we can sign it's that simple right it's flow it's really it's about flow about (laughs) possibility and flow so so anyway, so Kelly and I, and then we storyboarded it and all of a sudden this book came out and then, and then Kate, it was so funny. Then we, I kind of stopped and I went, oh my gosh, we wrote a book about conservation without actually writing a book about conservation. And then it took on a whole new life of its own. And then we got this wonderful um, award-winning conservation photographer to endorse the book. Um, and, and it's, it's just become this beautiful remembrance of a really difficult time and the reviews of the parents are sharing of what their kids are saying and how their kids are sharing this book that my heart could not be bigger it's it's doing exactly what i wanted it to which is it's reframing the anxiety and the stress of covid for kids and their parents actually and the adults 
It's a beautiful place for kids' perceptions to come out in a oh, very innocent that. and safe way. Can I write way. that down? That's, I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm finding in my yang nature is not the first mm-hmm. tool for a toddler. It's not at all. That's not how they operate. And it's very fascinating to learn um, I know how to not be young mm-hmm. in other areas of my, you know what I mean? That's I mean, I'm like, oh, this is more like this than that. And I find that it's fascinating when you set the invitation, yep. what will you come just got to give mouths. them room. And here's the other thing. Yeah. And asking them, the how are you? That's not the invitation. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. And, and I just think everything that we do is as adults, we've grown really uncomfortable with silence and kids are really comfortable with silence. Yes. And so we have to learn how to become comfortable with silence again, because when you ask a kid a question, they need silence to, to give you an answer usually. And they're, and they're, it's not because they're trying to craft an answer. It's because their mind is like expansive. And I want to, what am I, what is the, I don't know what they're asking. And they still have this mind that, that um, embraces play naturally. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know what else I think? A lot of times we're asking questions that they're like, well, we already, you and I already know this. You're just asking me to say it in this way. But where they're existing, there's constant information flow. Like sometimes I'll ask myself a question (laughs) and I'm like, okay, never mind. Like he's like, why are you? This is not performative. That is so, so, so true. It's so true. It's also one of the reasons, like when I created the company, I, I'm very, very adamant about values and tenets and the tenets of the company are service, authenticity, integrity, and fun. Because I have learned over the years in doing workshops for people and, and, and group work and client work and whatever, that if it is not fun, people are not learning as well as they could be. And they're not showing up as much as they would be. And you have to have that element of fun. Mm-hmm. It has to be in there. It's... You know, that's really interesting to bring up too, because I know in talking with you before we went on or sharing um, ideas, you were talking about like knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at. And if, if that's not something that, um, if, if that conversation is judgmental, then oh, fun and beauty get thrown right out the window. Cause it's like, yep. I have to, I have to get this right. And we really need to like loosen. And I, I just to reiterate, because you're addressing both as you're in your language, like the human aspect and the divine aspect, it's like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm also doing the research. Like I'm not, not doing the research. I'm not expecting, you know, that all of the research right. I did for my book was going to show up on its own. So it's like, that was something you needed to do. But can you talk about how either now or in the past, like you have learned to maybe analyze or access or check in with yourself on like, prioritizing or knowing energy because I think if someone's this year has put a lot of different things on people's plates and I think they're forgetting that the environment isn't always the same so doing, yeah, doing your, your best is yeah, different so now in some realms yeah, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, goodness I mean I feel like we could you know write a book on that I'll pick one yeah yeah so just pick one I just pick that, yeah mm-hmm. to your point if you can do the analysis. So in other words, if you can allow yourself to be human enough to get into due diligence, to actually ask the questions that need answers. Um, okay. Well, what questions, give me an example of what one of those questions would be, because for someone listening, you're birthing something that some people might have a dream and it might not be, you know, the vertical that you're right. in, but they might be like, how did you right. do well, that? Like, how are you managing I, I think this? I try to make it look graceful, but I'm definitely paddling under the water. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, so for the company, as an example, right now, I look at everything I signed in the last mm-hmm. year. And like I said, August, 2019, two authors, um, January, 2020, 13 authors and artists. And, um, and going forward, I look at the mix of the company and I look at the values and the tenets of the company. And I now know, okay, I'm short on this genre of work, which means I'm going to put a hold on the other genres because I have enough and I'm going to start actively both pursuing. So 
asking people in the company, asking friends, do you know anybody in these genres of work? And I'm also then going, so that's the bookend, that's the human side. I'm asking outright people, do you know someone? And then the divine side is when I go into, mm -hmm. um, I was about to say meditation, but I don't really meditate. When I go into manifesting, when I go into prayer, mm -hmm. when I go into talking to the universe, I am over there saying, bring mm -hmm. to me those voices that need to be heard in those genres. Bring them to me. Make them show up in my sphere. I don't care how, but make them show up in my sphere. So I start to align with that potential. It goes back to you know, the law of attraction, what you focus on, you create, right? So I had to do the due diligence to say, I'm missing these genres. I'm light in them in order for me to then go and be like, I need to manifest this. I need mm -hmm. to, to focus on this. I need to align with this. The, the tangible example from my past is as a buyer, I needed to run all my numbers. You know, I was a children's buyer and I needed to run all my numbers, know all of the um, inventory in the various stores in the different categories before I would go to market. Then I would go to market and I didn't tell my vendors this, but I was using my spidey senses to go, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, on the product that they put before me. But I could do it because I already knew what I needed to fill. Mm -hmm. I already knew my numbers. I already had all of the homework done so that I could then go out and be 100% creative and intuitive and present to what was being put before me. And it's a reason why I exceeded you know, projections for three seasons in a row as a buyer. Because I would it be fair to say if someone is listening and doesn't feel like they Correct. have those spidey senses, because it doesn't matter if you have them or not, right? Like it's if you if you have a relationship with them, would it be fair to say that you were comfortable yeah, with all of yourself? And it, yeah, that that makes sense. Like why I would say it that way. So if you're listening and you're like, well, I'm not, and it's like, well, sometimes intuitions kind come in words as inkling yep. or. I don't know how I knew. I just knew. And, and we all have that. And so sometimes if we're not comfortable with ourselves, it's hard for us to even hear that it, yeah. a hunch yeah. is just as so special, here's, here's honestly, actually a measurement if you listen that to I it. When I am doing mm -hmm. my very intuitive, you know, when my volume dial is up at nine, I feel 100% neutral. I don't have a horse in the race. I don't have an energy charge, an emotional charge. Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like it's just is right? I just, there's a knowing that transcends anything that's human that has an emotion or an opinion. And when people have hunches or they have a gut check or something, that's sort of the universe's way of saying to you, okay, you haven't honed your spidey senses. Maybe you don't want to, maybe you do whatever. Maybe it's not your path this, this lifetime, but you are giving you a hunch and that hunch is usually neutral. There's usually an emotional reaction immediately following it. But if you could put it in slow-mo, you'd see that they're two different things. <sighs> Really true. You know, it's really well said. And that's what that makes the difference. Really well I said. know when mm -hmm. I'm talking to my guides, other somebody else's guides, somebody who's crossed over. I know that when I'm on the other side of the veil doing work, I'm neutral. My human self is 100% neutral. It's just not emotional. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. that's been my that's just the way it is. I know this. Yeah. And that's so if I works. start to get emotional about something, then I know that I've gone offline. Thanks. Beautifully said. <laughs> so what <laughs> I feel like we're traversing and it's, it's amazing. Um, what in, this is not totally fair, but is there anything in this moment that you want to tell us about what is birthing for you or, you know, we're all, we're going to tell people where to find you. Are you accepting client? You know, like let's, cause you have a lot of different things going on. What, yeah, so where I'm, is I'm the like road the taking you in this moment? And um, I, sh I should just open a millinery. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I wish we had millineries. Come on. That's just <laughs> such a great old art craft, like amazing. Um, anyway, I, I'm birthing a lot personally, professionally. Um, and then with the company. So I'm getting the company as a midwife, I'm getting the company and the people in the company to where the systems are starting to run themselves. They're not hundred percent there yet, but that to me, I'm a systems person and I'm a systems person because systems allow for flow. It's really that simple. It's the yang supporting the yin. It's true. Get the systems yep. in place and you let the flow happen. Yep. Right. And so um, so I'm building the systems. I'm 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 almost to where I want to be, to where I can return to some of my work, my professional, personal work, but I'm not there yet. So I'm midwifing the company probably for a little bit longer. Um, but 2021, I am 
definitely going back to my writing and the birthing of my books. I have 10 books that are in some state of finishedness. That, I don't think that's a word, but it's yeah. But people who write understand that word. Yeah. So I have all these books that I'm still working on and, and new ideas mm-hmm. all the time. I had two new ideas this morning for crowdsource books. And um, because I think they're timely and I think they need to come about and happen. So I'm, I'm never short of ideas. I'm short of time. And, um, and so for me, mm-hmm. let's see, let me answer your questions more directly. So where the clients are considered, uh, currently I have a, a very small client base purposefully and I'm going to keep it small for a while. Um, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm open to having clients that are just a one-off. So they're calling for a very specific problem or because they want to talk to a very specific loved one or. Um... I was going to ask you if you made that available because yep. there might be some people listening yep. right now that yep. their heart kind of left, you know, that's how it happens. And so that through, would yeah, be considered and they would that, reach you through your website reach for out. that. It's, or um, it's, it's really, it's really easy to reach me. It's Martina Faulkner.com or Martina E Faulkner.com both work. Um, Right. So, so it's very easy to reach me. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm open to doing the one-offs. I'm not adding any more weekly clients because I don't have the, the bandwidth for it. Yeah. So, so the one-offs, absolutely. Bandwidth. Right. Um, yeah. I don't have the scheduler on my site because that actually turned out to be a systems management nightmare. So it's really just email me. We set something up. It's very simple. Um, I'm the same way because yeah. I feel like in the email is the energetic invitation and then you can kind of place it. The scheduling, yeah, it just doesn't it, work for me. It's not, so, yeah, it works so for some that, people. Um, it works and for then, some people. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we can go back to writing and Kelly and I, we already have, we want to do a series of these invitation uh, children's books, um, mostly focused on conservation or being present to the world and the world around you. So we have a few ideas that we're going to work on for the next few years. Um and then honestly, I'm, I'm for the company, I'm looking predominantly for novelists and memoirists because I feel, well, A, that's where we're light, but also there's this, there's this magical beauty in reading someone else's story, whether it's true or false. So whether it's a memoir or it's a novel, the, it's, not, it's, it's escapism, mm-hmm. but it's escapism in the, in the neatest way because it's a human connection-based escapism. Yeah. We live off yeah. of stories and have for, for centuries. I mean, that's basically yeah. how we find our yeah. place in the world is in story. And the more I was just talking to somebody about how, you know, it's actually your specificity that lets us orient our commonality. Yeah. When you try to make everything the same, you lose yourself. But if you can drop into the specific and not just as a writer, I mean, it has to come through that way, but but also as a human, I feel like people need would be served by like yeah. grounding into their difference well, and letting that show us our one human right? family. So like I keep telling myself, there's the phrase, when I get frustrated exactly. over somebody, um, somebody that I, you know, feel like maybe isn't doing the best by humanity. <laughs> um, I have a phrase that I taught myself many, many years ago mm-hmm. and it helps me. It, it's not about denial, but the phrase is simply this. Every cog has value. And the reason I say that is because if that person didn't have value in some way, they wouldn't be here. And I'm not privy to that. It's actually the truth, no matter how, well, that's it. It doesn't mean we have to understand it, like it, or appreciate, you know, yeah, or endorse it. Outside me, greater than me, understands why. And that's a huge leap of faith. I get it. That is it. I I mean, (laughs) boy, do I get it. Um, but it's the one thing that lets me take a breath, take a pause and redirect on my value as the cog that I am, because my job is not to take care of the other cogs and change them into me. Mm-hmm. My job is to be the cog that I am, which gives somebody else permission to be the cog that they are. Right. Mm. I um <laughs> love bringing you on and I also I feel like this is like my little coming out party and I love being um, a part of your company um um, Martina and I had a conversation it was a phone call and we basically were like I know you have more than one book and like basically it was the I I told somebody recently you know if you are I am that author that was like yeah someday and it was 
the phone rang and I thought, well, it doesn't get much more clear when someone that you can speak mm -hmm. with practically and I'll say energetically um, matches. And I would say mm -hmm. in a oh, yeah. positive, necessary way, pushes yeah. a little to be like, it's time. So um, I, I'm really feeling held and I Aww. felt that on your company call how held all of the people that are creating and I think that I mean that's a compliment to you in holding mm -hmm. a business but it is also a strategy mm -hmm. for chaotic times that holding the sacred or holding the beautiful holding something mm -hmm. that needs to be born because it does has a has an amazing potential and has an amazing like healing tonality I just I, it's been a while since Aww. I've seen that many people feel Aww. that value I think thank you really so beautiful let me just pause to see. and say thank you because yeah that means a lot to me to hear and I think there's something that I've learned over time is um holding space you know a lot of people have asked me what does that actually mean when someone says holding space and I'm like until you've experienced it by someone mm -hmm. holding space for you you don't really get it and then once you've experienced it, you get it and you'll hold space for it's others. True. And um, for me, the bigger lesson was mm -hmm. being able to learn how to hold space and being completely detached from the outcome. It's a learned skill set. And let me tell you, it's That's hard one. a learned And there are days set. when I slip up, but it is, it is a skill set that is one of the sure. most valuable things I have ever learned. And it actually... You might giggle. It harkens back to my days in theater in college and high school because you hold space for the play. You hold space for the musical. You How hold so? space for everything. You learn. Everybody does their part. Everybody shows up. And mm. when you're the director, so so in, in high school, I was always an actor. And in college, I wanted to be a director and producer. And when you're the director, you get to that last week and you have your tech rehearsals and your dress rehearsals. And then that night before you open, you have your final run and you just have to hold space for it to do what you have prepped it to do. So again, it's that human and divine element. You work your butt off as a human, you get all the things right, you make all the decisions, you do your best by it. And on that opening curtain night, you let go of all of it and you detach from the outcome. And you just trust and you have faith and you hope and you hold space for it to be exactly what you did your best by it to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where the magic and that's occurs. Presence. Yeah. That's the, that's where the magic occurs. It's really, mm -hmm. I, I love that analogy. Let's tell everyone where they can find you again, if they want to find you on and learn about the company, where do they find you on Instagram yeah. and All right. so the company you have a newsletter. So give Bites us a little bit of that. Um, but the website is just simply inspire bites with a Y B Y T E S dot com. Um, it's short. We have everything listed as IOM. Mm -hmm. um, and then for social media for the company, which we have an amazing social media manager who's bringing the fun definitely to the company. Um, and it's inspire bites. So it's Instagram is inspire bites. Facebook is inspire bites. Twitter is I think inspire bites. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure. Um, and then, um, and then we have a newsletter. You You're can good. sign up on the website. It's a biweekly newsletter that introduces people to the authors, to the work. Um, I write a little something for it each time that I hope is also inspirational. Um, and then for me personally, uh, personally, professionally, I'm martinafalkner.com or martinaefalkner.com. Um, and most of my, my Instagram and my Facebook are Martina E. Faulkner. And my Twitter, I'm not on Twitter, so we'll just skip that. <laughs> and, you know, and then the, the children's yeah. book is, you know, so close to my heart. It's called <laughs> When the World Went Quiet. And it has its own website, um, which has other media articles we've been written about. Um, and, uh, and it has wonderful resources from Melissa mm -hmm. on how uh, a child could get involved with conservation or where they could start to learn more, which I think is really important. And um, that is just when the world went quiet.com, trying to keep things simple. Um, and, you know, I think those are the only ways, the easiest ways to mm -hmm. reach me or to find out more about the company or, 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 or. And, um, you know, like I said, we we're looking for memoirs and novelists. Um, we have a, a rule of no unsolicited material, mm -hmm. but um, I think if anybody came through, through you, Kate, of course, or through this podcast, 
you mentioned yeah yeah just mentioned the rebirth podcast let them know that that was your invitation Mm -hmm. and um yeah we're, we're definitely we're definitely a young company but we're we're a company um that is that is born to be here for the long haul this this company is is and i believe will be in many ways my legacy mm-hmm. and um and so every decision i make is is based on that and it's it's based on you know making the publishing world better in in at least our our corner of it and i think everybody in the company understands that and understands that what i've done is take the best of what has existed and improve the stuff that isn't good and make something totally new. Thank you so much for listening to Rebirth. I cannot recommend Inspire Bites more highly. If you are, if you are that writer that thought, oh, were they talking to me? We were talking to you. Mention the Rebirth podcast, send in your work, believe in your dream, your alchemy is needed. If you want to stay uh, connected with more offerings, go to katebreton.com. Master Your Mornings will be rebirthing, you know, 2020 rebirthing in December. It'll be a small group of people who are looking to reinstitute habits into their lives to master their mornings and master their minds. With a clear mind and a focus, we can make choices for a better tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, subscribing, and supporting the Rebirth Podcast.